What's going on, guys? Kieran Headley here from the Pocket Coach Podcast. And this is really in a special time as COVID-19 is spreading throughout the world. Uh, countries are locking down. Uh, people are isolating their own homes and no one's really about allowed to see each other outside of that. So there's a lot of... Uh, a lot of traumas and pains and problems and struggles are surfacing right now all throughout the world. So that's why I felt like that this podcast episode was so essential uh, to record right now. Uh, there's so many people and if you're feeling that way, you're not alone. There's many, many others that are feeling that way. Um, I, like I myself, I have a very secure place. I'm with my parents at the moment. My sister is living in a flat. So that's nice. And uh, so I'm using a room for an office, which is brilliant. <laughs> yeah, that's what I do when I come home. I, I steal the room. And uh, naturally, I've um, I felt safe. However, because of my past situations with depression and anxiety being an overwhelming struggle for me, uh, it's definitely highly probable that people in a similar situation as me could be struggling with those as those surface. For myself, um, of course, the reason why I'm an anxiety coach is because I've worked through my anxiety. Uh, the reason why I'm a coach in mental health is because I've worked through my mental health struggles, my issues, the illnesses that I was diagnosed with. So that's why um, I'm here speaking to you today, the way I am, because I definitely wouldn't be able to speak about these struggles, nor would I be able to speak about how I feel about these struggles now if I hadn't worked through them. So... I really want to speak about on this podcast uh, many questions that have come my way through Instagram as I put out a few questions on Instagram to see if anyone uh, had questions to ask me uh, on this podcast so that I could go through and answer the common most asked questions during this COVID-19 case. Uh, as mentioned before, of course, there's going to be uh, direct issues caused by this virus. Naturally, if someone gets the virus, it's a direct issue. Uh, now, those aren't the people that I'm speaking to. Um, I'm speaking to the people that are affected indirectly because they're the people that I can obviously have some influence with. Um, now, that does not necessarily mean that me recording this podcast is instantly going to fix anything. It's not. Right? Uh, the things that I'm going to be talking about is I'm going to be giving advice, but more so practical tools and techniques that people can take away and utilize during this time so that they can go and action what's within. And they can go and start to shift the problems that they're facing firsthand. Now, I'm not a life coach, right? I'm not a finance coach, nor am I a family coach or a relationship coach or any of that, right? Um, nor am I a psychologist or a counselor. I'm none of that. I'm an anxiety coach and I talk from experience I talk from what I've been taught from my teachers uh, and I talk from the studies um, and the scientists that I've had the, the pleasure of learning from, um, both indirectly and directly, actually. So this is going to be a very exciting talk for me because I haven't done one of these little solo monologue things in a long time. So not only am I recording it on a podcast, but I'm also doing a video that I'll post on YouTube as well. So why not start with the very first question that we have? So before I start with the first question, I'm going to explain firstly how it's laid out. I've got three different categories. The first is personal, the second is relationships, and the third is health. 
Health not meaning mental health because they'll go under personal, but meaning more physical health right? and overall holistic well-being around that. So there's going to be there's been a lot of questions about all of them, but I've sort of narrowed it down so there's about four or five personal and then two of each of the relationship and um, and health and well-being. So we'll get into that. So the first question that I got asked was uh, that I sort of picked up was that someone messaged me saying that they'll be on their own um, and that <laughs> they'll be better friends with plants in four weeks. <laughs> yes, I get you. I'm definitely becoming very friendly with the insects around this place. Uh, so... <laughs> So when it comes to loneliness, and loneliness came up a lot, uh, loneliness essentially means that if I'm alone or if I'm with, or if I'm with others, I can feel lonely. Right? I've definitely been in situations where I've been in group settings and I felt lonely. Same, I've of course been alone and I felt lonely. Now, loneliness simply is this feeling of unpleasantness that comes from not enjoying the company that I'm around. So if I'm in company and I don't feel like a fit in, right? if I don't feel like I'm included, if I'm not inclusive within that, I can feel lonely in a big group. Now, I want you to understand that if I take that description of loneliness and apply it to when I'm on my own, I've got no one else to blame it on. Now I'm not being inclusive on myself. That's what it means. If you're lonely and you're alone, it simply means you're in bad company. Now, this phrase triggered me a lot. I, the first time I heard that specific phrase, I heard from Sadhguru. And <laughs> it's essentially this feeling of not being connected with myself. Right? The further I, away I am from myself, the more lonely I will feel. The more disconnected from myself I am, the more anxious I will be. Now, the lack of connection, which I'll explain in a second, is like if a car starts rolling down a hill, and you've never driven a car before. <laughs> and of course, you're going to feel pretty damn anxious, okay? If it's picking up speed and you're, you're, you can't see through the windscreen properly, there's a lack of clarity, right? you're going to feel anxious. If you're turning the steering wheel one way and the wheels of the car are going the other, you're going to feel freaking anxious, okay? You don't know what you're going to run into. So that's what anxiety is like. That's what not being connected with myself is like, right? I don't feel like I'm driving the vehicle. I feel like everything is happening to me. I feel like everything someone else does or everything that happens in the world is always going against me. And that becomes a big issue, but that's because I'm not in control of this. If I was in control of this, I could choose to sit into peace. I could choose to sit into calmness. I could choose to step into joy and love within myself. That's something that I can choose to do only once I have control over the machine. Right, only once I learn to drive the car and once I clean the windscreen. So in order to do that, in order to connect with myself, I need to get past what the layers are. All right, the thoughts and the emotions are the cock block of your connection with yourself. I'll say that one more time. Your thoughts and your emotions are the cock block. Right? Uh, if you guys, anyone else in the world use that term, I'm sure you do, uh, of the connection with myself. All right. So that means that every, every single uh, thought that I attach myself to, every single emotion I attach myself to, meaning 
I feel so happy, all right, and I get carried away, all right? Yes, it can definitely happen in pleasant emotions. Or on the contrary, when I feel like I feel very anxious, like I just need to feel peaceful, all right? This is very common and it's something I suffered for a long time, but being attached to these experiences of life essentially is like um, judging an entire ocean off a wave in the water, all right? It's an experience of the ocean. It's a moment in the in, on the surface of the ocean. It's not what's truly the the truth it's not the truth it's not the basis of what the ocean is so to connect to myself i need to get past those thoughts and the emotions and the only way to do that is to create space between me and my thoughts me and my emotions and um, now if i was to create space between me and my thoughts me and my emotions that would mean that if i all of a sudden had a thought that would normally make me suffer if I all of a sudden had an emotion that was unpleasant, it wouldn't make my experience of life unpleasant. That's what I mean by space. It's like driving in traffic, okay? And, you know, trying to get somewhere like honking the horn, wanting to, you know, get to where you need to be because you're going to be late, so everyone's anxious, you know, everyone's frustrated, um, worried. Uh, to be in a place where you can be more connected with yourself is like being up on the hill, you know, and looking down at the highway and everyone's freaking out. Like you just see this beautiful array of lights in the nighttime and everyone else is freaking out because they're not getting where they need to be. So that's what it's like. Right? Uh, being attached to your thoughts, being attached to your emotions. So what you want to be able to do is to be able to be the person that sits up on the hill without the noise. And the person without the noise ultimately will be able to have much better connection with themselves. So now when I say connection with self, I don't mean you're able to go and do things together, all right? Because <laughs> obviously, you know, you and yourself, right? <laughs> it doesn't, I don't mean it like that. I mean, the connection with yourself. I mean, what's more important with a partner? Is it the fact that you go and do a lot of things together? Or is it the fact that you have that mutual, beautiful, energetic connection with each other, right? Sure, it's the energetic, the emotional connection, the feeling of love that you have, right? That's what's most important. Because without that, then you can go and do a million, million things together. It doesn't mean that it's going to be a good relationship, right? You could fight all the time, right? You could get frustrated with each other all the time. So it's about the connection. Now, it's directing that same sense of love that you would to another, the same sense of connection that you would to another, but to yourself. The only problem is for most people, those thoughts and those emotions get in the way. So we want to create space. And to do that, we first need to become more okay with them. Because the more you push something away, the more it pushes back, right? The more you push like a beach ball underneath the water, the more it tries to surface. That's what's happening with your thoughts and the emotions. So I'm going to explain to you quickly. <laughs> Do everything you can to not think about monkeys, all right? Don't think about monkeys, <laughs> all right? Monkeys come up. All right? Don't think about pizza. When I really want pizza and I try, no, 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 no. I can't eat pizza. I'm a bodybuilder. All right? And so, <laughs> that was me once upon a time. So I would fight the thought and then all I want would be pizza. All right? What I try to not think about, I'll think about. So it's not about pushing them away. It's about being more okay with them. And the more okay with them I can be, the more space I can create. All right? So that's the idea. And there's many techniques that you can utilize, all right? Ultimately, that's called meditation, right? Not the action, 
It's a state. The state of meditation is to create space between you and your thoughts, you and your emotions, you and your body, essentially. So that's what meditation is. All right. Now you can practice meditation in order to do that, or you can practice by you know going on a hike. Um, obviously, not right now during this coronavirus situation. Uh, you can practice by just walking around your house. You can practice by getting in touch with nature, right? You can practice by just sitting there and closing your eyes and putting a big grin on your face or crying or all these different experiences of life, right? You can practice by getting more in tune with these emotions so that you can get further away from them. And once you do that, and once you're able to sit in a space where you're not affected by your thoughts, you're not affected by your emotions in terms of how you experience life, that's where you'll feel the least lonely and that's when you can just have yourself as you are i've had friends ask me hey bro like you're good you know you're in your house on your own um i've got my parents uh, but many people don't have a good relationship with their parents and i i definitely had to work on that um because there was some distance there but um mainly it was mainly self-induced they wanted the relationship they just didn't know how to get through to me always saying um when they had asked me hey karen how was your day you're good go to my room, you know, <laughs> disappear and watch anime, whatever. Uh, yes, I love anime. So this would be an ongoing thing. And it was only once I actually took action on myself and became more connected with myself that I could fix a relationship with my parents. Not fix per se, but more amplify um, and uh, make better. So we'll get to that one in a second in terms of building a relationship with people that we haven't quite yet established that with. Now, when it comes to myself, essentially, I want to be able to have myself in a way where I enjoy my own company. If I enjoy my own company, I won't be lonely. So that is the answer to that question. Okay. <laughs> um, so worries about when life will be normal again. Um, I've had some comments like the walls are closing in. Uh, there's a lack of control over the situation. Um, just the feeling that life is just so abnormal right now, all the, all the fears that are coming up, um, I had comments about anxiety and depression. I had comments about being scared of my own thoughts. Right. So I had all these comments and essentially it's all one thing. Um, that's why I see it anyway. So this feeling of when will life be normal again? Um, well put it this way, if I'm like this with myself, Am I not more likely to be like that with someone else? Right, so essentially, the way I treat myself is the way I will treat another. So if I'm in a place where um, I'm feeling fearful of my own state, I'm feeling fearful of my own emotions and thoughts, right? it's these thoughts and these emotions that I'm going to be projecting onto another person. So isn't that more problematic? Right, and to so I don't really want to if if it means that I need to fix something, right? In terms of like I need to fix my surroundings in order to be okay, that means something within myself isn't okay with me. If I'm not feeling okay with me, I'm going to go for the quickest path possible in order to feel okay. And for a lot of people, that's fixing something outside of them, right? Maybe it's getting a certain amount of food, all right, it's having sex, it's watching pornography, all right, it's having, having a smoke, it's having a drink, right, now there's all sorts of things we can do to help fix that if we don't feel fixed within ourselves. Uh, I don't like using the word, but it's just the first word that comes to mind because it's, just, it's a word that a lot of people use, but essentially it's if I'm not healed within myself, right, healed, again, a word that should be more healing, 
Um, it's more of an ongoing phase, but essentially if I'm not feeling like I'm progressive within myself, right? If I'm feeling regressive within myself, if I'm feeling like I'm creating pain within myself, if I'm feeling like I'm not able to just be with myself without being busy, without having a drink, right? without needing to watch Netflix, just be with myself and my thoughts and my emotions, right? then there's something there that I'm not wanting to be with, which means that it's probably painful and probably uh, some, some sense of struggle is there, which means that whatever I take, whatever I'm doing in the outside world is going to be based off that struggle. That's what I'm bringing to the world. The person who is upset with himself is more likely to make someone upset. The person that is happy with himself is more likely to make people around them happy, right? At the end of the day, if I don't have a cake, I can't give you a cake, right? I can only give what I have. If I have pain, I can give pain, right? And now you might think, oh, but all those times when, you know, I went and um, I helped people anyway, even though I was in sorrow, right? Trust me, that, that the feeling that they would have received would probably be very momentary, Understand that if you are a joyous person, now think think about it when it's happening to you. If someone's really not feeling well, meaning they don't feel good about themselves, okay, and they're trying to do you good, right? do you feel good about it? Or do you want to help them to make sure that they feel good? Doesn't it feel a lot better when you receive help from someone that is abundantly joyful, just has all this love to give with this intention of like, I just want to help. Not to make myself feel better, but I just want to help because I feel good. I already feel good and I want others to feel good too. That's the most giving thing to step into. And if I want to step into that, then that means I need to face whatever I'm facing right now that's leading me to be in the state of mind of I need things to be normal, meaning I can't be away. I need to be away from my thoughts. I need to be away from my emotions. I need to distract myself from myself. That's essentially what's happening. And again, all I'm doing is I'm taking this trauma, this pain, these cracks in my own life, and I'm taking them into others. So it's my responsibility to work on this so that when I do step back out into the world after these four weeks, three weeks, two weeks, wherever you are in the world, okay, different countries are having different phases. We have four weeks in New Zealand, minimum, by the way. Then... If I end up being progressive within myself, I'll be bringing a lot more joy and happiness into the world. If I'm regressive within myself during this time, I'll bring a lot of, I can very easily bring a lot of pain in this world. So it's your responsibility to step into that and to look at that and to understand that you can change that. You're, you are, if you're listening to this, right, even if you're not, okay, <laughs> obviously I can't speak to those people, but you can. You are such a beautiful human being. You are a life. You are a freaking life. And that is so damn beautiful on its own. Nothing else needed. Nothing. Right? Just simply being alive is absolutely spectacular. Right? First of all, the, the chance of being alive is less is like way less than one in a trillion. Um, like in terms of being a human being. Um, the chance of being um, being able to actually live a life on this planet where you can listen to this podcast is very minimal as well. <laughs> so that's another thing. But it's not just about that. It's just about the fact that you are a living life, you are a human being, and you have a lot of beauty on the inside. 
I want you to answer this in your own head, okay? Even when you're angry, even when you're sad, even when you're anxious, even when you're frustrated, even when you're lonely, depressed, are you or are you not doing the best at that moment with what you have? If you've got depression with you, then you can act depressed. Sure, that's the best you can do at that moment, right? Um, If you're very frustrated and you do things you regret, right? It's understanding that in that moment, the things that you regretted, right? When you were doing those things you regret, you are only doing the best you could in that moment. So it's understanding that everyone only ever does the best they can in those moments, right? I remember hearing Tony Robbins once saying, if someone's feeling very insignificant within themselves, they can hold a gun to someone's head and become from zero to 0.5 seconds, they can become the most insignificant person in their own world to the most significant person in this person's world that they've ever experienced. All of a sudden, you are the most important person in this person's world. So significance, massive, all right? At the end of the day, anyone's only ever doing the best with what they have. So make that best with what you have, right? Make that what you have is... uh, the grasp of that beauty that's within because if you have if you've ever laughed in your life if you've ever smiled in your life and if you were ever a three-year-old okay you definitely have (laughs) so if you've ever been in that state you can be in that state again it's a quality that every human being has somewhere along the way thought patterns over flood of cortisol all right your stress hormone over flood of these stress hormones, over flood of these traumatic events that they've left impressions on our mind, right? Over flood of constantly stepping into our fight or flight state has led to us inhibiting our ability to keep this happiness. You'd think that, right? If you go back to when you're three years old, you're having an abundant life. Everything was beautiful. Everything was exciting. Okay, sure there was struggles. Sure there was pain sure you cried but you got that out of you very quickly because you expressed your emotions right? imagine that you actually express your emotions right <laughs> um but ultimately you saw things uh, very beautifully because you felt beautifully within then somewhere along the way you'd think that this would mature as you matured but it became a lot more immature didn't it the ability to be joyful and the ability to be happy so what i encourage you to do now is to look back at that and step into what's called a happiness audit right, this is something that can be practiced very simply all it is is did i feel a little bit better today than i did yesterday right how how often today did i give myself the opportunity to experience joy if you can ask those two questions at the end of, the, end of your day you can slowly improve on those things Right? Just like anything, just like if you're wanting to improve on your kickups in football or if you're wanting to improve on um, your dart throwing, okay? If you're wanting to improve on your anime watching, I'm only kidding, that's for me. <laughs> I can't really improve on that. It's already pretty top-notch. Um, if you want to improve on anything, all right? Auditing is very powerful because it allows me to reflect on the things that I maybe missed, okay, it allows me to reflect on areas that I can improve on so that my overall experience of life can be improved. Because what's the point in having all the success, having all all this money, having all these things in life, if I can't truly be blissful within those things? Okay, what's the point? 
What's the point in having that relationship? What's the point in having that house or that car or that family if you don't feel good? What is the point? Okay. Many people in life, they think, okay, I'm going to have a family and I'll be so happy. Okay, I'm going to have this job and I'll be so happy. All right. I want to, I want you to ask yourself, how many times in your life have you stated that you want to be where you're at right now? All right, right now, I don't mean in this coronavirus situation, no one asked for that, okay? Uh, but if you wanted to be in a situation in terms of with the job that you've been having up until this point, okay, with maybe the studies that you've had, all right? There was once upon a time when you thought, man, oh, it would be so good to get into that university. And then you get into that university. <laughs> All of a sudden, stress, right? Oh, man, it would be so good if I got that job. And you got that job. <laughs> All of a sudden, stress about the job. Oh, man, it would be so good if I ended up getting that wife or husband. And then you got that wife or husband. <laughs> stress right <laughs> you get my point so ultimately there's always this feeling of needing to have more as a human being that's just what we do right so there's the expansive part of being human but there's also the part of being human where we can very easily attach this idea of happiness to something that's outside of us because we don't produce it within ourselves. you can produce it within yourself and you do produce it technically, but you're not grasping it because things are in the way. Sadness is in the way, okay? Beauty is, um, thoughts are in the way, okay? Um, all these different emotions and thoughts and experiences are in the way because you're putting happiness in the carrot on a stick, meaning you're always chasing it. So even when you finally catch it, right, you let it go and it, it swings the other way, gets away from you again. Right? If I'm always putting happiness in a relationship, I guarantee you'll do something like this. Right? Oh man, I'll be so happy when I have this relationship. You get that relationship. Oh man, I'll be so happy when such and such says these things. They say these things. Oh man, I'll be so happy when such and such says these things more frequently and does these things for me. Such and such does these things, right? So all of a sudden, now I'm relying on something else outside of me to create my happiness. So what happens... When such and such doesn't do these things. Oh, no, you can't do that. All right. You need to look out for my feelings. All right. Oh, no, you can't do that. Look out for my anxiety and my depression. Okay. Yes, that's, that's, that's valid. But it's, un that's understand it's understanding that I'm seeking to control what's outside of me if my happiness is attached to something outside of me. Okay. So it's understanding that because I've definitely said those things in the past. All right. It's not wrong to say those things. It just doesn't feel good. It's not wrong to feel that way. It's just not a good way to experience life. Okay, just understand it's not wrong. It doesn't make you wrong as a human. It doesn't make you any lesser as a human. All right. If you see a three, if you have two dogs and all right, and you know if you if they're as old as each other, you've had them as long as each other, and one gets its leg chopped off. Okay, are you gonna love that dog any less than the other? Well, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> essentially it doesn't make that dog any less worthy of love not at all right what that dog has and what the other dog has doesn't make that dog less worthy of love nor do you what you produce what you have what you do what you think what you feel does not make you any more worthy or less worthy of love you are just as worthy as every other human life on this planet for love understand that
So <laughs> I know I'm bringing this in a big circle, but coming back to the walls are closing in, right? If I feel worthy of love within myself and I give that to myself, right? I won't feel lonely. I won't feel down. I'll be able to sit there in silence and just be with everything that is just the way it is. Now it's also understanding that I'm a human being and I fluctuate emotions. I fluctuate thoughts. I'm still attached to experiences and identities. These are, these are still things that I'm attached to. Absolutely. These are things that I'm working through. And it's going back to what I said before. I am healing. I'm not healed. Right. But that's the beauty of it. Because that makes life a journey, not a moment in time. If life is a moment in time, then I'll be only ever happy once in my life. Right? If I'm happy at the destination, that means I'm only happy on my deathbed. Right? No, I don't want to be only happy on my deathbed at the destination. I want to be happy on the journey. So find happiness in the moments. Find happiness in the failures. Find happiness in the situations that you don't like. But that will only happen once you become more meditative by creating that distance between you and your mind, between you and your emotions, so that when these experiences happen, you can still feel at peace, right? You've got your bubble, right? Just like the bubble that you have when you go out into the supermarket with COVID-19, okay? You got to have a freaking social distancing bubble. Same thing, okay? Not really, but <laughs> you've got to have your bubble of peace, okay? But that can only be created by being at more peace with yourself, not by being at peace with things around you. Because that is only established once the peace is here within yourself. Once that peace is there by creating that space, right, then everything that was asked, the anxiety, the depression, the thoughts, okay, the um, worried about when life will be normal again, the walls are closing in, okay, the lack of control over situations, right? You won't need to control a situation if you already feel well within yourself. You won't need to control it at all, okay? And not only that, even when situations do go to, a, go to a place where, you know, family members are in danger, friends are in danger in terms of their life is actually in, in a situation, in terms of even if your own life was in a situation, right, you'd understand that you can only do what you can do. But you can, you can know that. I can tell you that perspective a million times over, you can write a million affirmations. It's not going to ingrain itself in your mind, in your body, if you don't end up coming to that yourself, within yourself. Right? It's like, right, this is what most people do. And I see this a lot because, well, first of all, I've done it. So that's why I can see it. Right? Is I will hear a perspective and be like, oh, this is my new perspective. This is a problem. The moment, A, that perspective is challenged, I feel challenged. Right? And I, it doesn't feel good. B, and I don't feel safe, okay? B, when I have to step into a perspective and think, okay, this is my new perspective. If I adopt a perspective that someone else told me just because they told me, that's not truly my experience. So that that's closing me off from other possibilities, first of all. But also, I'm assuming that this is my experience when it's not. Therefore, I'm not willing to work on it. That's not good. It's like when I used to say, I know how to meditate. Don't, I still don't know how to meditate, okay? Meditation is something that's an ongoing process that I'll never, ever master, ever, right? It's, it's something that's an ongoing process, okay? It's, can, it's expansive. It's limitless. And if it's limitless, I can't know. I can't know how to meditate. It's like no one can know the universe. 
No one can know the cosmos. In fact, it's proven that more than 96% of the universe is unknowable because 2% is physical mass. The other 2% okay, is, uh, is like gas and dust and all that sort of stuff. So that means only 4% is knowable and the other 96% is unknowable. Yet out of all of that, okay, out of all of that, we still don't even know a minute. We still don't even know a single percentage, right? So it's not possible to know because it's limitless. Meditation is not possible to know. Things in life aren't possible to know because they're limitless. We don't even know a blade of grass in its entirety, right? It's understanding that people don't even know water, right? They know it's H2O. They know what it does. It quenches my thirst. They know how it feels and how it tastes, but they don't know what it is. We can even look at an atom. We don't even know what an atom is, and everything's made of that. So we don't know what anything is. We're assuming that we know what it is because we know how to use it, but that's it. So it's understanding that, I mean, I'll take an atom for an example, okay? Nine, more than 99% of an atom is space, and space is unknowable. We call it gray matter, we call it dark matter, we call it space. But we don't know what it is, because it's not measurable, it's not visible, it's not tangible, it's not nothing that we can actually measure, therefore science can't see it and can't do anything with it, therefore we don't know it. So it's understanding that everything in life is not really fully knowable there's always more to learn from it so if i come to this idea that uh, i know this perspective then i'm never going to look at it properly and i'm never going to learn from it and i'm blocking myself off from progressing in these areas of my life so don't know a perspective right and don't assume a perspective assume no perspective don't assume a lens if i assume a lens i'm blocking myself off from seeing other areas of my life because I fix, I'm fixated into this tiny little scope. It's like looking through binoculars, okay? You can't see what's coming in from left, right, behind you. That's what a perspective's doing. Take away a perspective and just see life just the way it is. If you can see life just the way it is without looking up at anybody, without looking down at anybody, looking up at anything, looking down on anything, without assuming a perspective, you will see life just the way it is and you will breeze through life. That's something I'm still working on, but every step I take in this direction of becoming more limitless than limited through adopting perspectives and all this sort of thing, right, then the more free I become and the more free of my thoughts and my emotions and the more free I get to be in order to assume how I want to think and in order to assume how I want to feel. And I can shift that any moment now. Uh, it's beautiful. And that's not to say that I don't feel sad. It's not to say things don't get me. Massively, they do. But I can shift that now. I never used to be able to. It would send me into a three to six month depression or anxiety spell where I'd have constant panic attacks. So I encourage you to, when I talk about perspectives, not to assume them, not to be attached to them, not to know them. Just to have a look at them and give them a go. So when I say perspective, like I said, I'm not holding the binoculars to my eyes. Right? I look through the binoculars for a moment and I put them down just so I can have a look, right? Now, when it comes to um, feeling like uh, I'm out of control because all this stuff is happening around me, maybe my life's at risk, maybe someone else's life is at risk that I know, right? I can only control what's within me. I can only control me, right? I can control, you know, what I do with my hands, what I do with my eyes, right? <laughs> what I do with my voice, I can control what, what I do with my an energy, my emotion, 
my energy in motion, which is the emotion, okay, um, with, with all, all this other energy, life energy, okay, at the end of the day, if I, my life doesn't have energy, I'm dead, all right, life is just a, an abundance of time and energy, that's all it is, so if I don't have energy, I'm gone, so energy, all right, thoughts, right, my physical self, so that's what I can control, I can't control anything around me, all right, that's living, all right, and non-living, yeah, okay, sure, I can pick up my pad, I've got my questions on. I can pick up this decaf coffee. I want to sip anyway. Mm-hmm. Oh. It's almost cold because I've cut out caffeine. Um, and I haven't drunk that. Oh, that's like being there for 45 minutes. Mm. Um, so I can control things that inanimate, but I can't control life outside of mine. So that goes with other people that goes with things that are attached to other lives for example finances for example jobs for example um uh, my maybe my uh, uh my relationship okay uh, these things i can't control i can only influence that's it so if i can understand that if i can understand that the only thing i can control is what's within me then i will do what i can with that control so if all I can control is my thoughts, my emotions, my physical body, my energy, right, then I will look at controlling that. But if I always assume that I need to control everything outside of me because I need to fix everything outside of me because I don't feel well with myself, then I'll always try to control things that I can't control, like when I'm driving a car and I don't know how to drive it, right? Then anxiety is natural. If I'm got rolling, if my car's rolling down the hill and I don't know how to drive it and I turn my steering wheel one way and the wheels go the other, of course I'm going to be anxious. And then when it crashes, I'm going to be very sad, <laughs> depressed. Okay. So it's coming to this idea that I need to learn how to control uh, the vehicle. But if I'm always trying to control something else, then of course it feels like I can't control it. So look here, inside of yourself. It's not rolling your eyes back, okay? <laughs> it's genuinely closing your eyes and giving yourself the opportunity to actually be with those thoughts, to actually be with those emotions, to actually be with yourself. And that's how you can learn how to control yourself, okay? And control what's within. So uh, I want to sort of start wrapping up a little bit and coming into more family and health stuff, but um, or more relationship stuff. But one, one question I got was, uh, income, not knowing what to expect in the future. And I, I think this comes back to the same thing um, is, of course, I can only control what's here. I can't control what's out there. I can't control if my boss fires me. I can't control if my client leaves me. Okay. Yes, I can influence it, but I can't control it. Okay. Now, of course, you're going to do the best you can, but whatever the best you can, sometimes it's not enough because you can't control it. But it's being able to accept that and not being attached to it. Because there's a difference between a goal and an attachment. An attachment is what most people set when they think they set a goal. An attachment is, if this doesn't go my way, I don't feel good. That's an attachment. Simple. Okay. And now, whatever is your pain point in life, and this is a little key for you. Whatever is a pain point in life, okay, the opposite of that is an attachment. For example, if your pain point is when my girlfriend or my boyfriend does this, right, my attachment is when my boyfriend and girlfriend does not do this, okay? If a pain point in my life is um, I drop below 40,000 a year in income, okay? Then my attachment is that I need to be above 40,000 a year in income, okay? If my attachment is that 
I get this job, okay? Or my pain point is that I don't get the job, right? So it's opposites. It's understanding that, okay? So look at what your attachments are and learn to let go of those attachments by first becoming safe within yourself because attachments come from need, right? Need comes from this feeling of not being well within myself. If I'm not enough within myself, I need something outside of me to make myself feel enough within. So essentially it's like, taking a water bottle i also need some water i need a drink i'm real thirsty by the way that's better so it's like taking this water bottle okay and if i um if the water bottle is not full right i'll go and fill it up with some liquid outside of the water bottle and that's what we're trying to do with ourselves but if the water was already full okay it might be even overflowing then i can bring love and joy into others but the problem is when it's only half full I'm needing others to fill me up. But then what if they're only half full, right? That's a big problem because now it's going to feel like that I'm needing from them, they're needing from me, right? And it's going to be this big traumatic situation, lots of clashing, lots of struggle, lots of stress of you need to do this, but no, you need to do this because your needs are going to be different to theirs, right? So it's coming away from needs and coming back to desires, coming back to wants. Those are okay. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with needs per se, but it's painful. So it's not needing. It's, no, I don't need. I'd just like, okay? Essentially, there's nothing you actually have to do. There's nothing you actually have to have in this world. You might say, oh, I have to go to this job. I have to show up for my partner. Oh, I have to do this. I have to do that. Yeah, sure, you think you have to, but the moment you think you have to is the moment you are enslaved to it. The moment you feel controlled, not in control. So it's coming away from the fact that you have to. No, you don't have to. You could not. Right? Sure, maybe you break up. Sure, maybe you lose your job, but that's also a choice. Okay, A choice. You can still make a choice. And if you can still make a choice that you chose to show up for your job, that you chose to show up for your relationship, that is a choice and that is an act of self-empowerment. So step into that and you will feel more in control. Plus, this puts you in a place where you feel more safe and safe and stable. Because I want to get rid of this idea that I need to be stressed and unsatisfied right, with myself in order to be progressive. Because that is probably the most bullcrap thing I've ever heard in my entire life. This idea that progress equals happiness. Okay, Yes, progress can lead me to feeling more joy. But don't I need to be joyful to be progressive? People have it backwards. I need to be in the most calm state to be the most um, mindful in order in order to be the most creative, in order to bring the most ideas to my mind. But I need to be even the most joyful to be the most productive, right? Because what people are doing is they're like taking a donkey, tying fireworks to its tail and lighting its tail on fire. And then the donkey's running around, okay, sure there's fireworks, sure the donkey's running fast and the racehorse, okay? So it's getting there pretty quickly, but it's in pain. What the frick is the point? Plus, the donkey's probably not going to run very straight, okay? If you want the donkey to run straight, you put a bit of food at the end, the donkey chases the food, right? So you're not going to light its tail on fire. And that's what you're doing to yourself if you think that progress equals happiness, that I always need to be progressive in order to be happy. No, be happy now, and then you'll be progressive. Try be progressive when you're depressed. No, it's the other way around. It's no, if I'm joyful, I'm most progressive. Okay. So if I am joyful, I will bend backwards. I'll bend sideways. I'll do weird things in order to get what I want because 
I'm in a joyful state. I'll be willing to do whatever I want, what I can to do that. So I encourage you, if you struggle with income at this point in time, find safety inside of yourself. If you're struggling with anything at this point in time, find joy and peace within inside of yourself first, then take action. Because not only are you going to be more progressive and more proactive with it, right? There's much medical and scientific evidence showing that we are at our best when we're joyful. There's so much. Right? You can literally just look it up on freaking Google Scholar, right? You'll find all the evidence that when people are happy over sad, right? People do more, right? People are more focused. People get more done, right? Not only is that going to happen, but the other thing that's going to happen is your creativity, right? Your genius is going to come out, right? The things that you never knew were even there are going to come to the surface, and then you'll be able to make progress and then you'll be able to find new ways to make income. Then you'll be able to find new ideas in order to incorporate so that you can be progressive in these areas. But you can't do that if you're constantly fighting yourself. So come back to yourself. Come back to the idea that uh, I need to be progressive in order to be happy, right? And switch that to, no, I want to be happy first so that I can be progressive. Take care of this first and everything else will happen in a much more beautiful way so now that also leads me to uh this fear of not being able to see my parents um, and can't get home to family um uh so we're almost done here because this is a short one um because at the end of the day it's not something i can control it's not something if you're in a state where you can't control it you can control either so of course you're going to do what you can in terms of you know facetiming them calling them whatever sending them things if you can uh but you can only do what you can do. So what else can you do in order to make your situation more pleasant? Because I can be on a turbulent plane and know that isn't pleasant for anyone. It doesn't feel good to be on a turbulent plane and thinking that you freaking could fall out of the sky. All right? I used to be terrified. I used to get sweaty hands like crazy. But the one that chooses to run up and down on the aisle and the one that chooses to sit down in their seat, it's the same situation. It's a different experience. So do you want to be the guy running up and down the hallway screaming their lungs out because they think the plane's going to crash? Or do you want to be the guy that sits down and watches the movie and enjoys their time, right? Like it's a roller coaster because it's a roller coaster of life, right? <laughs> so you, of course, want to be the one that's in, in the most pleasant state. So it's deciding that you can do that. You can decide to do that. It's not easy, but you can still decide, right? Sure, there's been friction in your life. Sure, there's struggles in your life. Sure, there's times when you're like, it's not possible for me. Yeah, me too. I've, I've, I've been through that. I know what that's like. I will still have thoughts come up and up every now and again being like, Kieran, you can't do that. Kieran, you can't feel this. No, you can't, you can't talk to that person. You can't do this in your life. You can't feel happy. Okay, there'll be all sorts of things that come up every now and again. I'm like, oh, here's that old thought pattern I used to have. But the reason why it's not so solidified within myself is because I'm more connected with myself. So if you want to make a decision that you will follow through, first become connected with yourself. If you want to become more connected with yourself, you need to be able to sit with yourself and your thoughts and your emotions. If you can wake up every single morning and just spend the first five minutes just sitting there with your thoughts, just sitting there with your emotions, right, and all they are and all what they have been and whatever experience you're in. If you learn to just sit there without having to take action on anything, without needing to look at your phone, without needing to um, you know, get up and go do this, this, and this, 
then you will find that you will gain more power over your thoughts and your emotions. You will be more of your mind rather than your mind being you, rather than your thoughts and your emotions having power over you. So that when these thoughts do come up during the day, when these feelings do come up in the day, you will have power over them. But you've got to practice that by taking time to sit with yourself. You can sit there with your eyes open if you want, or you can learn to sit there with your eyes closed, which is most powerful because our eyes are the most receptive uh, sensory organ that we have. Right? We utilize our eyes more than anything else in terms of how we uh, take in the world. So if we're able to close our eyes and take that out, take that sensory organ out, we're able to be with our thoughts and our emotions more. And that's what we call meditating. Right? Stillness and meditation is what allows us to be more with our thoughts, more with our emotions, and therefore we can learn more about what's going on. Right? Because what people are doing right now is they're standing so close to the fence they can't see anything. Right? But what I want you to do is run up, run backwards, run up the hill, right? get to the top and then look over the everything. Right? You can see the entire country. So stop being right at the fence okay? and thinking that you can get by life without seeing the other side of life because you're blocking it out. I understand that the other side of life doesn't ignore you. And this is what happened when I was a positive person. Don't just be a positive person. If you're a positive person, you can you know, look at the positive side of life. But just know the other side of life will not ignore you. The negative side is always there. But if you can see life as it is and, and be inclusive of everything, incorporate everything and be willing to have um, all the good and all the bad, right? because you're loving and you're able to hold yourself as you are, however you want because you've practiced that obviously okay then it doesn't matter and you'll be able to be inclusive of life and therefore when you look at the bad you can actually do something about the bad because if you're not looking at the bad if you're not looking at the negatives it's going to freaking eat you from behind it's like when my kitchen catches fire fingers crossed touch wood okay um my kitchen caught fire i have to look at the fire in order to do something about the fire but most people are just, literally it sounds dumb but people are doing this they're just looking away and they're like oh, there's a fire sweet <laughs> all right i'll just ignore it i'll think of the positives all right and stop doing that look at the negatives as well but understand they're not that bad but they're not that bad when you look at them otherwise you're just walking into a room and seeing a snake freaking out and then you, you realize you can turn the lights on and you just see it's a hose okay <laughs> So that's what people are doing. Right. Now, I'm going to tell a joke, okay? It's, um, I don't know if it's a really good joke, but I, I like it, okay? Uh, so uh, Jimmy, he, um, he was really struggling because he kept uh, thinking that someone was, someone was underneath his bed. So he was shitting himself. And he, so he called up a psychiatrist and he said to the psychiatrist, I'm like, hey, um, I really want to uh, come and have a session. And he's like, yeah, come in for a free consultation. So he did. And he's like, so what's the problem? Um, so the guy's like, Jimmy's like, oh, well, I keep thinking there's someone under my bed. And he's like, oh, well, we're going to have to see each other three times a week all right, for the next six months. Three times a week for the next six months. All right, and we'll work through this. We've got this, okay? We're going to do this together. And Jimmy says, okay, well, how much a session? He's like, 80 bucks. So, okay, all right. I'll uh, I'll get back to you, and so Jimmy goes home, and uh, he doesn't call the psychiatrist back. So about a week later, the psychiatrist does a quick follow up, calls him, uh, and the psychiatrist says, "So why haven't you come back in?" And Jimmy says, "Well, I went to uh, the bar and everything got fixed." He's like, "What do you mean?" <laughs> well, you see, the bartender told me to chop the legs off my my bed. 
now no freaking bugger can live under there <laughs> oh, is that not the driest joke you've ever heard so <laughs> essentially just because we might have a situation it does not mean there's another way to think about it just because we might have a problem it does not mean there's another way to go about it but until we can see things clearly we can't act accordingly so I really want you to keep that in mind, bear that in mind as you step into this um, situation with COVID-19. And the more clear you can see things, the more understanding of your path you need to take. That you can, Because you can see things clearly. Right? So stop blocking off one side of life and just being so narrow-minded that you can only look forward with almost like these two black um, walls right, living on either side of you. Right? They're non-existent walls, they're made up walls. If you live like that, sure, you feel safe for a moment, but as soon as something cracks it open, because the other side of life does not ignore you, you feel anxious, you don't know what to do, you've never looked at it before, you don't understand it, but if you bring those walls down by making yourself feel safe first, because you've sat with yourself for five minutes every morning as a minimum, uh, then you'll be able to see life just as it is, so that when bad things do happen, you see it, you look at it, you understand it, right? you learn. But only once you do that will things, when they happen, be a lot less effective to you. So what I do encourage you to do on my website, www.healingwithkiz.com, healing with kids, K-E-Z, okay? Sorry, Americans and Australians. Um, yes, the accent. So healingwithkids.com, you can download free meditations, and I highly encourage you to give them a go. Meditation saved my life. Meditation is still saving my life. I mean that now it's saving my life in a way where it's saving me from suffering and it's saving me from not living my life to my fullest before it was actually saving my life. So I encourage you to do the same and I encourage you to understand that meditation is that ability to have a more beautiful experience of life by first coming away from anything affecting me from the, my outside so that I can control my, what's, what's on my inside. Okay. So last little um, questions, and these will be nice and simple, is the health, the physical health. Eating too much out of boredom and gaining weight and being motivated. All right, I'm going to give two things for this. The first is understanding that compulsion comes from, um, leads into boredom, leads into um, my inability to go and do things I want to do, um, slash belief, compulsion slash belief. So if I don't believe I can get somewhere, I won't try. If I don't believe I can pass the exam, I won't study. Okay. If I don't believe that I can, um, I can get fit by, like you know, if I don't believe that it's a possibility for me to be fit, I won't get up and do the fitness. Right. So work on that first, and work on what's within yourself. Because if you sit there with, with the compulsion, right, and take some time to just be with the compulsion, you'll start to see it better, and you'll stop being compulsive. Because what is compulsiveness? When a thought happens, I act straight away. That's compulsion. Okay, and compulsion also means cyclical, right? It comes back to the same place, meaning my thought pattern, right, is coming back and starting again, starting again, starting again. Okay, so that's compulsion. So if I want to come away from the compulsion, I simply just sit there with thought without acting. If the compulsion is I need to look at my phone, practice and not look at your phone for a few seconds, then a few minutes, then, you know, extend that. Okay, so that's what I really recommend is working on that compulsiveness. If you can work on that compulsiveness, you won't feel the urge to eat. You won't feel the urge to have sweet food. You won't feel the urge to do something else other than work out. Right? If you A, believe yourself, and B, work on that compulsiveness. Uh, the other side to that is um, 
is if you can actually ask yourself this one question, will this help me or will this hurt me? If you go into life and ask yourself that question often in everything you do, right, and every choice you make, then you're going to live a pretty splendid life. <laughs> so go into life with that one question. Anyway, um, and also you can download some physical health stuff and um, some nutrition advice from my website as well. It's all free, by the way. Um, I forgot to mention. It is donation-based as, as an option if you want to, but you can download it completely free. Um, this is all especially during this COVID-19 situation to keep people preoccupied, but also to help people fit, like come to terms with this, connect with this, so that they, they can then learn how to connect with others. So that they can learn, then learn how to be overwhelmingly joyful rather than overwhelmingly suffering. Okay. And then that overwhelming, that overflow of joy will overflow into others' lives. And then they will have no choice but want to be around you. That's the beauty of being overflowing with joy. And that's your choice. You're a beautiful life just as you are. You've got this. But you need to make that choice. You need to make that choice to step into that beauty. So um, I just want to give a last piece of advice for people that are going through struggles um, in this COVID-19 case, since we're all done with the questions, um, all the questions I selected, is I really want to encourage people to establish some sense of routine in the morning and in the evening, and then make one promise to yourself every day. Whatever that promise is, the promise might be, I'm going to sit there for five minutes every day, like Karen said. All right, the promise might, I highly encourage you to do that either way. Um, but the promise, then once you get good with that promise, you move on to another promise. I'm going to spend five minutes each day practicing my handstands. Okay. Now, if you fulfill a promise to yourself, you learn to trust yourself more. Therefore, you learn to believe in yourself more so that when you do tell yourself you're going to do something, you freaking do it because you know it's going to get done. And you know that you believe that the outcome you desire out of that is more likely. And you know that even if it's not happening that way, you will be okay because you trust yourself. It's like if you asked your friend to meet you at Starbucks and Starbucks used to be my second home, by the way, which is why it's the first cafe that comes to mind. I know a terrible coffee, I know, but cold brew, okay. I like cold brew. Uh, you would... Uh, if you asked your friend to come meet you at Starbucks, okay, and they didn't meet you at Starbucks, okay, so they're like, oh, sorry, couldn't come. I'll see you tomorrow. I'll, come, I'll meet you there tomorrow, 10 a.m. You're like, oh, yeah, show up at 10 a.m. They're not there. Right, they're, they're, another apology. They do it again and again and again. Would you or would you not lose trust in this, pe in this person? Would you or would you not lose respect in this person? So stop doing that to yourself. Show up for yourself. One promise a day one and cross it off every day then progress it and progress it and progress it all right once you uh once that once that promise is uh more more uh experiential and more mechanical in terms of it just happens then you can move on to the next one okay so keep that doing that so establish a morning routine that sets you up for the day and before you go to sleep understand that what i go to sleep with is what i wake up with right so if i go to sleep with stress if i go to sleep with anxiety or depression Overnight, that marinades in my mind, that marinades in my body. Yes, this is actually a scientific thing. Uh, then you wake up more amplified in that state, more amplified in that thought, more amplified in that worry. So instead, set yourself up for a beautiful sleep so that you can wake up beautifully. 
practice some gratitude, practice some meditation, do some yoga in the evening before you go to sleep, have a herbal tea, light a candle, have a cold shower, actually not a warm shower because warm showers, um, warm shower inflames, cold showers anti-inflame. So if you can do those things like that, then you can set yourself up for sleep so that you sleep more beautifully and you wake up more beautifully. Then your morning routine is going to be much easier. Okay. And your one promise a day. So do those things for me. Go and download some free content from healingwithkids.com and give me a little follow on Instagram, okay? Coach Kizza. Kizza, K-E-Z-Z-A. All things that I've mentioned are all below in the description of this video or podcast, whatever you're tuning into. Um, anyway, much love, guys. Um, remember, take care of yourself and just remember if you if thing anything outside of me doesn't feel okay, then there's something within myself that I'm not okay with. If you look at that, if you heal that, if you work on that, then whatever's outside of you will also be okay. Stay blessed, guys. And remember to subscribe and leave a review and really share this with others if you think this is going to help because I really want this message to reach as many people as possible. Um, that would really mean the world. Uh, I, at the end of the day, this is all I really want out of this podcast, out of this these videos is that it goes on and affects and helps other people. So if you're one of them, or if anyone you know is one of them, please even do me another favor and record for 15 seconds and put it up on your Instagram story. Record for a few seconds, put it up on your Facebook, okay? And and share with others and explain that, hey, like listen to this podcast, it helped. That would mean the world because it means that we get to impact more lives and help more lives, especially during the situation. All right, take care, guys. Much love. Singing on.